You're listening to Berlin Psychoanalytic Podcast. This episode is part of our series on attachment theory. Parenting with Dr. Nicolas Lorenzini. This way of classifying children into different groups according to um, their attachment behavior um, actually ended up being predicted by what is called maternal sensitivity. Maternal sensitivity has to do with this capacity of the mom, of the primary attachment figure, to identify a distress signal from the baby and be able to respond to that distress signal in a way that is consistent, that is contingent, and it has something to do with the actual need of the baby. And we have different kinds of parentings here. We have a, a sensitive mother. This mom is capable of capturing a wide range of emotion in the child, interpreting them appropriately, uh, is capable of regulating the flow of interactions with the baby, uh, the alternation between dialogue, silence. Uh, it seems like this mom treats the baby as if the baby was a person. But also we have another kind of uh, motherhood here, which is this mom not available, who is emotionally retracted, withdrawn, um, she's easily irritable, and the child ends up being the one who has to adapt to this mom, and not the other way around. A sensible mother adapts to the child. There is another kind of insecure mother called the hypervigilant mother, or the hypervigilant parenting style, with a, is a parent that is misadjusted, um, is, is not very well adapted uh, to respond to negative emotions of the child. They tend to just put their own anxiety on top of the child, so they, they are kind of reacting to themselves instead of the child. There's a poor dialogue with the child, there is poor physical contact, there is a, an overcompensation because of their own anxiety, their own parental anxiety, there is overprotection, overcompensation of the child. And there is also an ambiguous mother. It's a bit threatening, but he's, she's protective at the same time. It probably has a history of trauma in her early, early years as well. And these different styles will predict how the child will organize their responses to uh, fear and will address the human social world with different styles of attachment as well. So we have seen that attachment being uh, this early, but that is maintained for the rest of the life, but early way of survival, early way of learning about oneself and the social world, um, actually responds in great measure to the way that one is parented in our first years. Oh, I just say, mm -hmm. I just realized. So we have seen that attachment styles, which are like these classifications of the ways that we might approach ourselves and the social emotional world, depend heavily on the way that we are parented during our first years of life. We saw that there are different kinds of parenting, um, that also can be classified in certain groups, but how are these related to attachment patterns then in a child? In order to create, let's say, 
a child that has a secure attachment, we need a primary attachment figure, a mom, who is able to identify and respond to reflexes of this child. Uh, but then they're able to discern what is the problem of the child and are capable of comforting them when needed. Mm -hmm. they, they're able to encourage and interact with the child and to encourage, encourage the child's more independent um, behavior. Go and explore. I'm going to be here. It's going to be all right. They are kind of, importantly, available in times of stress. If you interview them or ask them about their own childhood, they usually have good memories of the, their own attachment experiences when they were children. But to create that insecure, ambivalent, anxious child, usually the parenting that, go, that predicts uh, this insecurity is an erratic, ever-changing emotional behavior of the caregiver, of the mom. Most of the time, they do not respond adequately to the child's need. They cannot interpret them well. They are able to react to the child sometimes too much, sometimes too little. Usually, they remain emotionally inaccessible, uh, unpredictable. The parenting that is um, associated to avoidant attachment in this case is when caregivers reject effective signs or stress signs, fear signs from the baby with punishment because they become anxious, the parents themselves. So we will get a child that becomes avoidant, that prefers not to react when they have stress, to not ask for help, just trying to control their own stress by themselves, over-regulating their emotions. And it seems like they will not have access to these emotions. This is because of the lack of emotional availability of the parents or the actual punishment when children look for help and uh, for proximity. Now, what happens with the disorganized, disoriented attachment, that one that is a little bit avoidant, a little bit ambivalent and, and preoccupied? What kind of caregiving is behind that? Usually, it's been uh, in, in research shown that the caregiver has been uh, for the child both a source of fear and reassurance, so good and bad at the same time. And again, not predictable. Um, there is also usually in the early stories of people who um, then can be measured as having a disorganized attachment pattern, um, a history of prolonged separation, even traumatic separation from their parents. Um, also severe abandonment and uh, negligence, and even stories of physical, sexual abuse, etc. There will be another video in which we're going to talk about uh, trauma in attachment. Now, what happens with attachment theory in particular, but also I would say with psychology in general, is the fact that when we try to classify things, in this case, attachment into secure, like healthy attachment, and other insecure attachments, so unhealthy attachment. That doesn't necessarily mean that having an insecure, unhealthy attachment is a bad thing in itself. What do I mean with this? If we remember that it is the style of parenting that is, it will be, in the end, predicting what kind of attachment we, we have, it means that different kinds of attachment, 
even those ones that are insecure or not healthy, are at the time of being created, so in the first months and years of life, the best adaptation we can have. So A, and this, is, this might be a concept that is a bit difficult to understand, but to me it's really important to say and to transmit when we talk about psychology in general, clinical psychology especially, when we separate people into healthy and unhealthy, that the people who we think that are unhealthy, actually what they've done, what their brains have done, is to adapt to a certain environment and to adapt very well. So when someone has an insecure attachment, it's probably because in the first years of life they had a parenting style that needed babies to have an insecure attachment. For example, there are children who've been subjected to environments that are maltreating, abusing, physically, emotionally or sexually. Mm -hmm. And if then we look at these children later in development, we're going to find things that are unhealthy, like lower IQ, they learn how to manage language much later, uh, they have bad memory, uh, they're more impulsive, they cannot regulate their behavior really well, etc. But at the same time, the same children coming from very stressful first years of life, in which they were abused or, or maltreated, while having lower, lower IQ and all these things that I've just listed, also uh, they are highly attuned to threat-related information. They're really fast to know when something is dangerous, faster than a child who was not in a dangerous environment. Mm -hmm. They are able to recognize more accurately and faster faces that are angry, voices that are angry, um, they can recognize in general negative emotions much faster. Um, also, they're able to remember and, and play back social situations that are really complicated, that you would expect a child not to know until they're older. Children who've been abused or maltreated, they do it very early. They kind of grow up faster because it was needed. So we can see lower IQ, lower memory, etc. Uh, all these unhealthy things, but at the same time the adaptation to a hostile environment, it's really good as well. So that's why I like to repeat that idea that what we think sometimes of being unhealthy is actually the best response that a child might have had when they were in a certain environment. Thank you for listening. For more content, subscribe to our podcast or find us on our YouTube channel. Psychoanalysis should be free.